I'm going to share what the Lord's put on my heart this weekend. Uh, I took a little pivot on Thursday. Uh, I, was, I was intending on talking about prayer this week. Uh, and then the Lord was like, nope, you need to talk about something else. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go this direction. I'm excited to share. Um, I want you first to turn to, uh, turn to we'll get to this, uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles is in the Old Testament. Uh, I'm going to share a story that is near and dear to my heart, and I'll explain why, why it is, but it, it d- definitely ties into um, today's message. So the last few weeks, we've been talking about uh, navigating rough times, navigating rough waters, and how we, as believers, are supposed to get through them. The first week, we talked about the importance of community, uh, how important community is in our lives, right? I shared you know, some stories, personal stories, about times when I haven't had community. I'm so thankful I have this community. Uh, friends and family that are truly there for us side by side. So when you are going through a tough time, you have people that you can lean on. Uh, and then last week, we talked about the importance of the Word. Uh, I would encourage you, if you haven't gone back and listened to it, if you weren't here, take a listen. The Bible is so important for us. It's literally the answers to the test on how we're supposed to navigate tough times in our life and what we can do in those moments um, and and how it just provides life and it's living and breathing. And the thing that I was, as I was reflecting on on last Sunday this week, the Lord kind of gave me some new things. We can't just expect that if we set our Bible on our nightstand and it just stays there, that we're just going to somehow creatively envelop everything that is in here right how many of you you know a lot of times you set your bible in a specific place it's your nightstand wherever it is you can't expect that through osmosis you're going to take in everything that's here you have to pick it up you have to read it it's kind of like a swiss army knife right if you have a swiss army knife and you have it in your pocket and you take it out and you don't ever open it to know what's in it it looks cool right? But it's a tool that you don't know how to use. You have to open it up and get the little scissors out, right? And the little file, whatever. And then once you open up, you see all the tools that you have at your disposal. The Word is just like that. It's just like that. If you don't open up, if you don't ever take the time to see what what is in here, if you just expect to envelop it, you're going to be disappointed because you have to pick it up. You have to read it. You have to read it. We can't just set it and display it, make it look like we're reading it. We actually have to pick it up and read it. And I could continue to talk about that, but that's not what I want to talk about today. Because His, his Word truly never returns void, right? Amen. Never returns void. So this week, I want to talk about, when we're navigating tough times, the importance of praise. The importance of praise and how... When we're going through tough times, how when we take a minute and we stop and we put our attention where it belongs instead of on our situation, how, it's, uh, how, how impactful it is. So I want to ask you all a question. Do you all have a playlist, a, a music playlist? We probably all have different playlists, right? If I'm working out, I've got a playlist that I go to. It's usually upbeat. It's fast. You know, it's, it's got me jiving in a grave, I'm excited, right? Maybe if you're lifting weights, it's rock and roll, whatever it is. But if you were to go and do a workout and you put a playlist of like Beethoven on, you probably are not going to be as excited 
as if you put on Skillet or some fast-paced, you know, maybe it's a, another, another band, uh, ACDC or something like that. We have playlists, right? A workout playlist. Maybe it's a worship playlist, a cleaning playlist. I know that sounds strange. It's a thing. Uh, or or f a fun playlist, right? We, we have music that we put to different situations, different times in our life. Uh, how many of y'all can remember the song, if you're married, that you walked down to the aisle to? Or maybe you can remember the song that you walked out of the aisle. Or maybe you can remember a certain song. Music has impact on our lives. It brings back memories. I was telling you about kids camp when I was a kid. There's certain songs that if I hear it, I think of youth group or different moments. Music has such an impact on our lives. It does. It brings back certain moments. We use it to get us in a mood, right? I went, I'm, 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 I'm not going to say I'm ashamed of this, but when I was in high school, I went through a... Um, I liked heavy rock, like, it was Christian rock, couldn't understand a word they were saying, but it was heavy rock, right? Uh, and when I was, I found that when I was mad, I liked to listen to that. I don't know why, but it, it like, I was like, oh yeah, uh, I, I can't listen to it now, but you can ask Sheree about it. There was a time in my life when I listened to a lot of very heavy metal, um, because it, it, like, it was just... I want to listen to that. I'm having a bad day. Ah, you know, it kind of made me, I don't know. It was just, music has a way of putting us in specific moods. When Sheree and I were pregnant with, I wasn't pregnant, when Sheree was pregnant with Graham, uh, we had to make a playlist for our hospital. Sheree wanted songs that were, were calming, were soothing, could get her attention off of, what she was going through and, and try and calm her mind. There was, and some of that music is still on a playlist that we play when, when we're having, you know, we need to rest or whatever it may be. So music is incredibly important. So I want to get us to Second Chronicles chapter 20. Some of you maybe know this story. It's, it's often shared in, in different components. So this story specifically is about Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat is a king. Jehoshaphat is a king, and he finds out that he is going to be attacked by three separate armies. And there's a video, I'll just share a little backstory. There's a video, how many of you either when you were a kid or your kids watched Gospel Bill when you were younger? Anybody? Raise hands. If you didn't, it was this show in the 80s and the 90s that uh, Willie George and Church on the Move in Oklahoma created. And there's this video of this story in the Bible that I will never forget. Anyways, that, that's, a, that's a whole second story. If, you, if you're interested in that, I can send you the link. It's, it's pretty awesome. Um, but Jehoshaphat finds out that these three armies are going to come and attack them. And, and as you read at the beginning of 2 Chronicles 20, he, he goes to his people and he says, listen, we need to cry out to God. We need to find out what we need to do. So we're going to pick it up in chapter 16 in 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 16. And it says, Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens in the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions. 
Then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. That's encouraging, right? Already knows. Don't be afraid. Don't have fear. The Lord is with you. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me. I want you to pay attention to this. All you people of Judah and Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God and you'll be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Let's just pause there for a second. Could you imagine being one of those singers? Like you're in the worship, it's in like the worship team, right? You're back there, you're like, yeah, we're going to go win. I'm in the back. The people with the, the weapons, they're up front. And then all of a sudden your leader says, hold the phone, stop. You guys, you singers, I want you to be up front. You've got to be pretty confident in your leader and your God that you are not going to be exactly decimated, destroyed. You're a singer. You're not, a, you're not in the military, right? Here, go. That'd be scary, right? So you would have to have such confidence in God that you are going to be okay. At that very moment, they began to sing and give praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. The armies they had... Uh, the armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it all. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day, because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the Valley of Blessing today. Then all the men returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them, overjoyed that the Lord had given them victory over their enemies. So, Jehoshaphat finds out, People are coming to kill him. He goes to his people. They seek the Lord. They say, oh, we're good. We're not going. What does he do? He knows he's in this tough situation. He sends out the worship team ahead of them to praise God for what they were going to be given. Before it even happened, what did he do? He praised God. He thanked God. And what an example that is for us. When we're walking through tough situations, it's really easy to go, this sucks. And to just stay there. Last week we talked about sulking. It's really easy to sulk. It's really easy to just sit and feel bad for yourself and just be mad. It can be hard to flip the script. 
to look at it and go, you know what, I know this is hard, but I'm going to praise you anyway. I'm going to praise you anyway because you are a good God. And I know that even though maybe I don't see it right now, I know that you have something good planned for me in the future. Praise unlocks so many things for us. The ability for us to take a step back and not look at our situation as it may be, but to look at it from the perspective of God is so powerful. And when we praise Him, when we stop and we lift our hands and we say, God, we love you. We know that you are working for our good. That's powerful because it starts to change the narrative in your head. We talked last week, a lot of this is so much mental. When you're going through tough times, it's a mental battle, a mental struggle that you're trying to get through. And when we change our mentality, when we stop looking at the negative of everything that's happening, because what the enemy wants is he wants you to stay there. He wants to perpetuate your negativity. He wants to make sure that you stay there. Because the minute you start saying, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to praise you even when it's hard. That's when he goes, I've lost. Because he knows that he can't get through to you when you're focused on him. Him meaning Jesus and what's already been done for you than focusing on your earthly situation. Right? That's what we're supposed to do. And you know what? Sometimes, sometimes you got to force yourself to do it. Sometimes you want to sit there and say, I'm mad. I don't like this. I'm upset about this. This sucks. I've been wronged. Whatever it may be. But it's so important for you to take a step back and go, wait a minute. I need to get the focus off of me. Not look at me and focus on him. And Jehoshaphat knew that. He's like, I'm not going to be afraid. I know who my father is. I know he's going to take care of us. So I'm going to send the singers out. And the singers better have the same conviction too. Right? He knew the power of praise. When we have situations in our lives that are tough, that we're going through, our first instinct sometimes isn't to praise God. It's not. And that's natural. That's normal. All of us have that. When we're going through tough times, sometimes it's like, man, can I catch a break? This sucks, right? Whether it's work or finances or whatever. Maybe you get a medical bill that you weren't expecting. Instead of going, oh, this is hard. What am I going to do? Start thanking God and praising God for the provision in your life, for the finances to come in, for the blessing that you're expecting. And be prepared for Him to bring it. Don't just say it, believe it. Be prepared for Him to bring that into your life. And it might not look how you expect it to look. Sometimes, if you're in a financial hard time, somebody might walk up to you and say, hey, God told me to give you this check. That could happen. Sometimes it's through a bonus at work. Sometimes it's through a new job. You might not always understand or see or all, all, how God puts all the puzzle pieces together. But it's our job to praise Him and thank Him regardless. Amen. Right? Because He is good. He is good. 
Isaiah 60, 61, 3. Don't feel like you need to turn there. It says, we are to put on the garment of praise, even in our despair, because we know where our help comes from. We know where our help comes from. Psalms 121, verses 1 through 2 says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? No, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So when we're going through tough times and we need help, don't look to other things. Look to Him. Look to Him. So much of our putting on the garment of praise is truly a choice. It's a choice. We have to make that choice. It's not always an easy choice to make. But it's our choice how we approach a situation. Hebrews 13, 15. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to His name. I want to read that out of the Amplified because it's, it's so good. Hebrews 13, 15 in the Amplified says, Through Him, therefore, let us constantly and at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of the lips that, and that thankfully acknowledges and confess and glorify His name. Continually. Continually, continually, continually. When you wake up in the morning, give thanks to God. Praise His name. Thank you, Lord, for another day. When you go to bed at night, wow, thank you, God. What a day that was. Even if it wasn't perfect. Because you trust His plan for your life. The word continually there, according to the dictionary, means without interruption and constantly. Praise should continually, constantly be on our lips. It should never be far. When the enemy wants to come to attack you, to try and bring you down, praise Him. Amen. Praise God. Say, no. Uh-uh. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I am the treasure of God. I want to start to close with this. 1 John 2.14 I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know Him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the Word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. Steve always says, God created us to be overcomers. Overcomers. What does it mean to overcome? It means that you're faced up against a challenge and you beat it. You overcome it. You get past it. How do we do that? We praise Him. We praise Him for how good He is. We go to His Word and we understand what our identity is in Christ. We're reminded by the community that we're surrounded with. When we become overcomers, when we step into that, there's nothing that 
can stop it. The enemy has nothing that he can throw at you when you are rooted and grounded in Christ, when you know who you are. Because every single thing he throws at you, you can throw right back at him. We were talking about racquetball. Was that last Thursday, two Thursdays ago? I'm, I'm not well versed in racquetball. Steve plays a lot of racquetball. And if you've ever been in a racquetball court, it's just a lot of big high walls, right? The ball bounces everywhere. It's hard to keep track of. I think I would just end up with a lot of welts if I played. It's hard because you have to keep track of it. And that's what the enemy's trying to do. He's trying to make it confusing. He's trying to just bombard you with all these different things. When we overcome, we draw a line in the sand. And we say, no more. No more. I am not going to be defeated by you any longer. Doesn't mean that you're not going to have hard situations come up. Doesn't mean that you're not going to have to navigate your emotions and the mental battle of our life because we live in this world. But what it does mean is the Lord has given you the tools and the resources to beat it. To beat it. To come out on the other side and go, that was hard, but I'm better for it. That was hard, but I learned from it. That was hard, but I'm refined from it. I'm refined from it. So I want to encourage you today, when you're going through tough times, when you have those moments of despair, praise Him. There's a song by Casting Crowns. I don't know if any of you listen to Casting Crowns. It's called Praise You in the Storm. And it truly is that. When you're in the storms of life, are you taking a moment to stop and praise Him and thank Him for who He is and know that He wasn't the one who brought on the storm, but He's going to be the one that brings you through the storm because He loves you. He cares for you. He's going to be walking side by side with you. When you think about the times in the, in the Bible where Jesus was with His disciples and a storm came on, you can think of the one when Jesus calms the waters and He says, well, why didn't you guys do that? And like, well, Jesus is there to help us. Even when we're at our lowest, when we don't know what to do, the disciples didn't know what to do in that situation. They were scared. Right? Jesus calms the waters. And he didn't just leave them and say, well, you guys don't have enough faith. I'm out of here. No. He continued to walk side by side and teach them. Jesus doesn't expect perfection from us. He doesn't. But when we're in those tough situations, praise Him. Praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. Praise Him. Yes. You know, I want to wrap up. Um, many of you know our heart for this church is to be a church that is truly Spirit-led and what that looks like uh, and, and what that feels like every Sunday looks somewhat different. Today we had worship for an hour and 20 minutes because that's what the Lord needed to do. And we really push ourselves, Shri and I and, and all the leaders in our church, really push ourselves to stay true to that. So that way we don't fall into the trap of having to do things a certain way. So one Sunday we might have worship for an hour and 20 minutes 
the next Sunday, the Lord might not, that might not be what the Lord needs to do for that Sunday. But that's what makes this church unique, right? You could probably go to a church, and, and there's nothing wrong with this. My, we've been in, in churches where, you know, there's a certain number of songs, and there's a clock in the back, and the pastor's done at a certain time, and that works great for a lot of people. What you find is our church usually finishes anywhere between 11.30 and noon. We don't really have a set end time. Uh, and I hope that's okay. We usually try to make sure that we, I mean, Chris does a good job of making sure that there's goodies afterwards. So if you're hungry, there's something to grab. But really our heart's desire for our church, and for this church and for this body is to be like just pursuing what God wants for us. Not to fall into the trap of having to do it a certain way every single week. That's why you'll notice sometimes we do communion at the beginning of service. Sometimes we do communion at the end of the service. We will always take communion. That is one thing that we will always do. And that's not out of a religious obligation. That's truly just out of, we never want to lose focus of who Jesus is and the importance of Him and what He did on the cross every week. So when we take communion, it's not out of obligation or something we have to do, but because we truly cherish the ability to take part in that. So, for those of you, maybe this is your first Sunday, maybe this is your, you've been with us since the beginning, I just want you to know, like, that is our continual focus for this church, is to never lose sight of what Holy Spirit wants to do here, and to not fall into the trap of having to do things a certain way, because that's what we do. Right? Amen? Let's pray. Lord, I just am so thankful for this body for this community. Lord, we're just so thankful for your presence being here with us today. We're thankful that we can praise you through it all. No matter the circumstance, no matter the situation we're in, we can lift up our praise to you because you are a good father who loves us. His love, that your love never ends for us. That we can come to you in our time of need and you will be there walking with us through it all. Lord, I just ask that as we go from this place today, that you're just with us throughout this week, that you're giving us and showing us opportunities to be a blessing to those around us, to love on those around us, to encourage those around us. Lord, we just want to be led by you, led by your Spirit in all that we do. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.